Would you agree with me that, that these are, are days of fear, days of doubt, much that's unknown? And in these days in our lives, certainly, certainly unlike anything that I've ever experienced in, in my many years of life, There has, to be, there has to be questions. I mean, this, this, uh, uh, these days of the unknown, of doubt and of fear, I mean, it just, it's just full of questions in our minds. How, how shall we live? What should our lives look like? What, what, what should be our attitude? in these difficult days. I really liked the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You don't have to. It's a free country. But it's a really good movie with some really good music in it. But one of the themes, one of the threads that, that uh, throughout that movie uh, is everybody's looking for answers. Uh, you go back and you'll, you'll hear that line repeated numerous times through. Everybody's looking for answers. So where, where should we find our answers? Where do, where do we look for answers? Where does the church, the body of Christ, where do Christians look for answers? And, and you may think, well, hey, that answer's obvious, Bill. I mean, to any Christian believer, you would think it's certainly obvious that we would go to the Bible for these answers. We'd go to the Bible to answer the question, how shall we live in these days of fear and doubt and the unknown? But let me assure you, there are some... There are some that think Fox News or CNN has the answers. Or maybe even ESPN has your answers. Some may think, hope that the government has the answers. Hoping that some politician somewhere will be able to come up with the answers for what they're looking for. Others, it's the medicine community. Doctors, places with initials like CDC and WHO and AMA. Or maybe it's a pragmatist it says, I, I, know, I know that you want to say the Bible is where we find the answers. I know you want to say Bible, but let's, let's get real. We need answers to real problems. The Bible's fine for religion, church, 
But we're facing life and death issues. And what we need are real answers. But let me say, very, very heartily, very certainly, let me contend that God's word speaks to us of ultimate reality. Speaks to us with ultimate reality, with answers that satisfy our needs today and for all of eternity. I want to read a short passage this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, I would, I would agree that when I was a kid, this would not be a short passage. And But having sat under the, the teaching and preaching of Ben Roberts, that this is now a short passage. So. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to begin at verse 1. Read till I get through. Pick up real, real quick, real fast. I, I let you get there because I want you to, I want you to grab hold of these first three words. It's like the whole sermon is on these first three words. For we know. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we're always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to, to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. For we know. For we know. So let us ask, let us ask of the scripture. You say we know. How do we know these things? Well, first of all, I think the, the Bible tells us very certainly that we know these things. In verse 5, because God has given us his spirit. And let me, let me say right here and right now, don't give the Holy Spirit of God short shrift here. The Holy Spirit is God. 
He is God the Holy Spirit. He is God present and dwelling within his people. God has given us his spirit as a guarantee. We know because God has given us his spirit as a guarantee. A guarantee uh, that is an assurance. It, it, it is the Spirit of God that gives us a guarantee. It makes these things a certainty. Removing all possibility. A guarantee is, removes all possibility of loss. As we might say, it's a sure thing. We don't, we don't actually hear the word guarantee a whole lot. Used to places that give you a guarantee, but you don't hear of guarantees anymore. Those, uh, those that, that talk about future events do so in, in probabilities. We see Jim Cantori standing on the boardwalk. Rain driven by hurricane force winds pelting his face. And he says, we can now give you with 80% probability that the center of the storm will make landfall within 30 miles of this spot within the next six to eight hours. Well, pays your money, takes your chances. Or perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you decide you buy your new... Um, what, your new table saw down at Lowe's? You ladies think about something else while I talk about this. You buy your new table saw at Lowe's, and you decide that you're going to pay the extra $40 for their warranty. And then she hands you 15 pages of exceptions and exclusions and exemptions. And you come away doubting. You come away unsure. Can I trust these people? We have been given the Spirit of God as a guarantee. This isn't some two-faced hardware store that you're asked to depend on. This is a guarantee from God. God has given us His Spirit as a guarantee. It is our Heavenly Father. It is our Heavenly Father, rich in His love toward us. He has done what no other can do. He has given us His Spirit. We know. He is in us. He is with us. He is filling us. And with the scriptures we say, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. And we read in Romans chapter 8, 
But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of, is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And then in verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We, we know. These things we know. Not, not hope, not guess, not think, not, not have to decide, not consider the possibilities. But God's word says to us, these things you can know, for I have given you my spirit. God can and will do all that he has said. We have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And we can trust that fact because we have the Spirit of God. For we know. How do we know? Because we have the Holy Spirit of God. And we know because we live by faith and not by sight. <coughs> we know. Kind of hold on to that for a second. How, does, that, does that seem a little backwards, maybe? Huh? But the Bible tells us, the scripture tells us that these things we know, for we live by faith faith and not by sight. You see, it's saying that the things that we have by faith are the certainty. The things that we have by faith are the, are the sure thing. Again, <clears throat> the fearful one, the, the doubter replies, hold, hold on there. I'd much rather depend on what I can see with my own eyes. Haven't you ever heard seeing is believing? I know what I see. What is unseen is only theory, speculation. Really more a question than answer. But God's word says, faith is by far the superior way of life. Living by faith, you see, living by faith opens up so many more possibilities. Faith is not limited. Faith is not limited by our, our five senses nor the dimensions of space and time. While, while these things that are seen may well speak of 
something more, something that which can only be known by faith, only can be known by faith, it is only by faith that the power of God to do all that he has said and can be known. Only by faith. I dare say that most everybody here is familiar with Hebrews 11.1. 1, as soon as you start talking about faith, probably came into your mind. The, the ESV uh, translation says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And I want to I focus in on those, those two descriptive words that faith is assurance, faith is conviction. Now, the word conviction is a lot like the phrase, for we know. <laughs> conviction, conviction is saying, yeah, I know that. I, yeah, I, I know that. As we we think on those words, assurance and conviction, as we meditate on what God is saying to us here. I certainly, and I think perhaps we would all come to discover that living by faith, living by faith is actually a pretty solid proposition. Living by faith is, is a good place to be. A good thing to do because faith is assurance. Because faith is conviction. And these things sound to me a whole lot like the word fact. I know we like to separate the word fact from the word faith. But in truth, faith is all about fact. And the fact speaks of reality. Spirit, faith, and reality are not exclusive to each other. In fact, that which can be seen only by faith, that, can which, that which can only be seen by faith is more real than what we can only perceive with our eyes. For you see, that which God has made available, that which God has made known by faith is eternal. That, that which we have available to our five senses is, is, is what the term temporal applies to, temporary, not lasting. For we, we know. We know because God has given us his Holy Spirit and we live by faith, not by sight. I believe those two answers right there. I think those two answers just, just reach out and in our fulfillment of every question that arises in the minds of those 
that are inclined to fear, to doubt, and to uncertainty in these days. Grasping that God is with us. And understanding that faith, faith in what God has said to us, gives us that sure knowledge that what's going on in the world around us today is now and always has been not going to last. <coughs> he has made for us a home in heaven. This earthly home is temporary and will ultimately be destroyed. And that which is so certainly to be destroyed cannot be utterly reliable. Such does not sustain life, nor give peace, fulfillment, or satisfaction. But rather that which is temporary, that which will ultimately be destroyed, always leaves us in doubt, always suspicious, always seeking never finding. I had an axe. It was given to me by a fellow, a member of a church, who worked in a foundry where they made these axes. It's a good axe. Nice, nice axe. Worked well. Tell you the truth, I kind of abused it some. But it always held up. Had that axe for years. And then it broke. Handle broke. I actually think Ryan broke it, but it's neither here nor there. In fact, the axe broke. I was, a, I was surprised. That axe was made out of, I mean, really good steel. It was tough. And, and I guess, you know, it's not something I ever thought about. But I suppose I was thinking that axe was going to last forever. I was disappointed. That axe broke. You say, Bill, you, you kind of trivialize things. Problems that we're dealing with today, a whole lot more critical, a lot more crucial than your silly acts. Well, I've known tragedy. I've known heartbreak was the definition of the word. I've cried so hard I wanted to pull my eyes out of their sockets. And in all, in all, I have never known a moment 
that I could not turn to my Lord and my God and His ways and find the hope, find the assurance, find the truth that would sustain me in those days, regardless of my grief, my disappointment, my frustration, my hurt. He has always been faithful. This, 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 stuff, this stuff just isn't going to last. It's only for a time. And always has been. <laughs> you know, we, we really think of ourselves as special. You know, I said, you know, this is in my, my lifetime, never been, well, so what? I mean, I may be old, but I ain't that old. Jonathan Edwards, in his sermon, Sinner in the Hands of an Angry God, speaks of those who hang by a slender thread with the flames of divine wrath flashing about it and ready every moment to singe it. Such is the state, such is the condition of those who depend upon the powers of this world for life. The only, the only three letters that you can put together for assurance of life is G-O-D. We read in 1 John chapter 2, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Life in Christ is forever. Life in Christ is eternal. A life not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. As the scripture says to us, certainly in this corrupt body, in this corrupt flesh and blood, we groan. There's so much to worry about. My health, my family, my job, my security, politics, football. Woe is me. Wring my hands, wipe my brow. No faith, burdened down by the sin of unbelief. No hope. That which is eternal in us, that which is eternal from God in us, yearns to shed these rags of sin and to put on the eternal glory of our Savior. This we know. 
This physical life is temporary, but God has given eternal life to those who live by faith in Jesus Christ. We know that today is, is not the end of what God has prepared for us. He has for us a home, a home with Him. I personally think that's as about as good a description of heaven as you're going to get. To be at home with Jesus. And we rejoice. We rejoice that we know that we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Bill, are you sure you read that right? Rejoice. Rejoice that you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, yeah. For let me say to you, and before you, you get too proud of yourself or too worried about yourself, let me ask you, what do you really think you can do that's good that's in the body? What do you think you can really do to please Christ? What can you do to please God? Let me tell you in a very simple way what the scriptures, what God's word says to us. You can agree with him. You know, I think when you're God, you expect people to agree with you. You don't, you don't really expect a whole lot of argument. Right? If, and if you would please God, I think agree with him. Agree with him when he says, there's none good. There's none good. No, not one. Not even you. What would you do to please God? Agree with Him. Agree with Him that you are a sinner. That you are a sinner in, in rebellion against Him. And seek His forgiveness. Believe Him. When he says that he has paid the price in full that your sin may be forgiven. Agree with him that he sent his son, the only begotten son of the father into the world to die on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty, to pay the price for the wrath of God against my sin. Agree with God that this was necessary that this was something that God did for me in the richness of his love. And accept that, that sacrifice. Accept that his son died for me, died in my place. Trust him for life. Accept from him the gift of life. And in receiving the gift of his Holy Spirit, in receiving as he imparts his righteousness, 
rejoice. Rejoice that you have been called into his grace. Rejoice that you can receive what is due at the judgment seat of Christ. And so, we are always of good courage. What a wonderful line, huh? Maybe I should have preached a sermon about that. And so, so we are always of good courage. We're of good courage for all that we know in Christ. We have good courage for we know that God has given us His Holy Spirit. We have good courage for we know we live by faith, not by sight. And that's reality. We have good courage for we know these days are but for a time and life in Christ is forever. We have good courage for we know God has prepared for us a home with Jesus. We have good courage for we know that we will appear before our Savior to receive what we are due. Father, we pray, O Lord, that your word will accomplish your purpose for your glory in your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen.